and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have on the Athletic Mission Baseball Academy staff in Jeff Rottmayer and Daryl Coulter. AMBA is located in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and specializes in helping two-way baseball players develop a strategic advantage mindset so they can deliver on game day. Jeff is the owner of AMBA and was drafted by the Florida Marlins out of high school in 2003, went on to play college baseball at Seminole State College and later Florida Gulf Coast University. He has 15 plus years of coaching and mentoring hundreds of players through the college recruiting process, pre-draft and draft process, and is the creator of the command hitting system. His business partner, Daryl, signed with the Philadelphia Phillies out of high school in 1986 and played four years in the Phillies minor league system. Daryl has more than 15 years of college recruiting consulting and advising for parents and players, and he has consulted with over 100 college and professional pitchers. He is also the owner of Start Pitching and the creator of the Strategic Pitcher Program. Their names may also sound familiar as they also host a podcast called The Strategic Baseball Podcast. So on the show, we dive deep into what player development consists of, how we can create strategic in-game advantages, and we talk game planning, assessments, and much, much more. You're going to love this episode with Jeff Rottmayer and Daryl Coulter. Jeff and Daryl, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thank you for having us. Hey, but yes, sir. Good to be here, man. Excited to get going. Oh, of course, of course, me too. And and so I I, I not only know you guys at, from your podcast, the Strategic Baseball Podcast, and and I know that that you guys are putting out a lot of great content. But I've also I want to make sure the guests know that I've had the pleasure of getting to uh, actually work with you guys. You know, Daryl had a had a minor procedure, and and all during and and that was a couple of weeks ago. I got to come up and and work with you guys a little bit. But even all through. Uh, basically the last year we've been bouncing ideas off off of each other and it's been more of me trying to learn what you guys are doing. Uh, So I do want to make sure the guests know of, I've gotten to see firsthand experience of how good you guys are and I want to brag on you guys a little bit. But Jeff, I know that when you started AMBA uh, several years ago, I know you had one goal and that's to really try and bridge the gap between facilities and high school coaches. And I know that that's something that has been more of a conversation lately, but I really want to want you to start with hitting on that because we have a lot of high school and college coaches coaches listening. And so tell us a little bit about how you're planning and how you are going about that on a daily basis and how you're making sure the player is getting the best of both sides. Yeah, no, Jonathan, that, that's obviously the, the big focus whenever I started this, you know, the, at the end of the day, we're talking about the players. And the players, you know, some of them want to go get some extra work. Um, and they should be able to if they want to. And they should be able to do it without, you know, having to pick battles between their their high school coach or their summer coach or their facility coach. And I think if we can get – have a collaboration um, for for the player's sake, and and, we're, and what we're talking about is it more not confusing the player because the players are getting information all over the place. 
and they're getting on social media and they're seeing all the stuff they're getting on YouTube. They're seeing it. Then there's, there's information all over the place. And so how do we, how do we take the player and get them to understand what it, that's for them? You know, we can't have everybody do the same thing. Everybody is in a very different place with where they're at and what they're trying to do. And so that's been my biggest thing. And Daryl, Daryl and I have known each other for a long time. And we've been talking about this for several years, trying to figure out how we can bridge this gap. And I think it's been, it's been a challenge trying to get them guys to uh, just open up the conversations. Um, but I think what we've done really well, me and Daryl here, is to try to try to break down what the coaches are saying, what their other coaches are saying, and try to bring meaning to it all. And when it comes down to it, a lot of times, a lot of times, it, we're all kind of saying the same stuff. So just a matter of the player getting that clarity and understanding of what it is we're trying to say. This, the clarity and understanding is is a lot deeper than what what you would think so the clarity part that that like really understanding the the what the the where the when the why and the understanding of the how to piece and i think everybody's different everybody interprets things very differently and that's okay that's good but that's how we get hyper individualized it by really getting down and asking these guys questions and getting what they think things mean. And so, again, at the end of the day, what Daryl and I are trying to do is just get – it's all about the player, and we're trying to get them clarity and understanding of all the information that they get and, and figure out what works best for them. And I think if we can collaborate with coaches and other coaches and strength conditioning guys the PT guys with the player – in mind, it's all about him. Then we're all having a you know a, a single focused plan on helping this kid get to the next level, based on where he's at. And so that's Daryl. You, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think you nailed it, man. I think a lot of it is too is is trying to help these young players communicate with the different coaches, helping them understand, like you know. That, and and understanding the roles and responsibilities, man. The high school coaches are trying to win games. They're trying to teach. There's a lot of different responsibilities that go with that. And a lot of times they're driving the playing time. And so we want the guys to understand that, that there's a difference between off-season training, preseason practice, and then what you have to do to be ready on game day. And, and coaches need all three of them. They need to see you do the things in all three of those seasons that's going to be effective. And, and I think a lot of times that's what gets lost in translation, either between the facility coaches and trainers. And, and, and there's so many specialists out there right now that, that we really do need to have that open line of communications. And we know that here from what we've seen over the last few months and even through everything that's happened through COVID and all the craziness, the, the guys that are here that are having the most success now that the high school preseason is starting and we've really trans 
kind of transferred from offseason into preseason practice. Now that we're trying to move into that, we're seeing the high school coaches communicate with the guys better and the guys are communicating with the coaches better. And and those that are doing that and the coaches that's kind of embraced that instead of it being a battle between what you've been doing and and what you know what's working and not working or whose philosophy is best it really is about you know what's making the player better and what's helping that that team and that coach you know fill a role and 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 obviously do what they want to do and be successful so that that's the cool thing about it the way we do it here man it's it's low stress highly individualized and it's meant to be to to really sit on top of what the summer coaches need and what the high school coaches need. And it's really kind of just building and, and helping them master their individual skill set and and that it shows up on game day. So that's the cool thing about what Jeff and I are doing here, man. We we try to make it low stress. We don't want confrontation with coaches. We we rarely have a, a, a conversation with a player that contradicts what a coach says. We really do try to help the players that come in that maybe don't understand what the coach is looking for or what the coach is seeing. Really try to, to, to neutralize that fear a little bit because that's the truth of what happens is – you know, if that coach is controlling playing time and now the player's worried that they're not filling or meeting that expectation, then many times that's why they're even coming to athletic mission. That's why the parent or the player is showing up is because they feel like something's missing or there's some type of gap there. And it's not necessarily a coach's fault or a player's fault. A lot of times it's just communication and then maybe some specific skills that they need to get better at or master or if if they're going to be able to play at that school. So, again, man, that that's the cool thing about it. But we would love to open up that communication with the coaches around here that that we have their athletes here. And and we're open. The door's always open here for any coach high school summer that wants to come and, and hang out and see what we do. And, again, we're trying to keep it as safe as possible now. But at the same time, we know the high school season hopefully is getting ready to start. and. And we're going to see the guys that's come and, and, and put in the time and the work, you know, have success, man. So it's it's cool. But that would be the, the dream scenario that the coaches could all get together and kind of collaborate and help these kids really kind of fulfill that dream of either playing high school ball or college ball or maybe even pro ball one day. No, I love that. And, and I love that, again, I think that a lot of facilities get a bad rep because they're they're like you guys said hyper focused on the individual and that turns into potentially the players listening to them more or the high school coach with some jealousy and I think it can be the same thing with uh, the facility side too and so I I love that you talked about really really bridging the gap between the player and what the what the other coach is saying with trying to get everybody on the same side and so do you mind can you hit on that just a little bit of what let's say a player comes in he may be upset at the coach for this or that or wanting to make a change and I know that's a very vague question but can you walk us through what a typical conversation like that would look like with between you and the player Absolutely. And and this is the big piece here, man, is that we take a little bit of the, the heat off of it because, again, man, at that age and, and again, high school players and as far as that goes, college and pro guys, too, 
we are emotionally attached to whatever that coach feels and thinks about us. So if, if they love what we're doing, then, you know, it seems like it changes our, our level of belief and confidence. And, and, and the opposite happens too, that a lot of times we'll have three or four different coaches looking at a player and, and they see maybe a similar problem but they all got different ways of communicating like what the fix ought to be. And so a lot of times when we have that initial conversation, especially with parents and players, it's really about, okay, is, is it really a, a symptom or is it a core problem? And when we talk about symptoms, that's usually the things that we just surface level see. It's kind of the visual things. It's kind of if we see a huge mechanical flaw or we see some kind of swing flaw or something that's going to be just like Captain Obvious to – to any decent hitting coach or pitching coach would say, hey, man, that's definitely going to be an issue that any pitcher that sees a hitter swing like that, they're going to attack him and he's going to rarely ever, you know, barrel up a pitch. And, and so that's kind of that surface level, you know, symptom type of problem. But when we start addressing like really because the, the cause, the, the core problem then we start having deeper conversations because a lot of times when coaches are assessing or summer ball coaches are assessing, they're assessing those surface level measurables or skills. And, and if it's really like, for instance, if it's truly a strength and conditioning issue, then we know that it's going to be more about the energy and effort that this kid puts into a strength and conditioning program. Now, there could be 50 different strength and conditioning coaches out there that could help him. But the reality of it is there's going to be some assessments and measurables that we need to see. And then there's going to be some specific training that would be more suited for the each individual player, depending on what they need. And I think a lot of times we just kind of truly just kind of give these kids this measurable assessment. And we really don't help them understand how that translates into baseball skills. And I think that's what Jeff and I try to do with our assessments. Like we truly try to separate, is it an athleticism? Is it what we call a competitive advantage? The, it's your athleticism, your base mechanics, the kind of the, this, the, the athletic things and, and capabilities you got to have if you want to be a good baseball player. And then if we can assess those and, and for their age, their, you know, their athleticism and, and their capability is not what the problem is, then we move it into the baseball skills. Now we start looking at the individual baseball skills. And then we would start breaking down literally what's happening on game day backwards. And I think that's what we do different. Like our whole goal here is, is when these guys leave here and they show up for their high school coach or college coach or in, in pro ball, that they play better on game days. I mean, that's the reality of what these guys really want. And so if we're going to dissect the problem, I'm not going to start at, at their athleticism. If their athleticism is good and their baseball skills are good, if I watch them throw a pin and they got quality pitches, then the conversation is going to start with game day backwards. Okay, now when you're standing on the rubber and that catcher puts a sign down, man, walk me through your decision-making process. You know, what are you thinking? What, what is driving the, your decision to throw this pitch and are we having some conflicts? You know, are we having some questions about what is the absolute best pitch to throw in this situation and count? And when we start talking about situational count awareness and we start talking about what shows up on game day and what plays on game day, that's usually when the conversation gets real. And that's usually when a parent or a player will say, that's it or that that, you know, 
that point right there is where I'm battling. And, and then we can truly dissect the problem from there. And so will it eventually lead back to uh, maybe a different training program? It could. Would it lead back to maybe some adjustments with, you know, a few pitches or, or some mechanical adjustments? It could, you know. But at the end of the day, when we get that kind of focus on game day results and, and we know that's what the coaches want, that's what the high school coaches are looking for, then, then our game day kind of execution here drives our what we call our four stages of, of individual player development. It's competitive advantage, it's, it's practice until mastery, strategic advantage, and st having a strategic advantage mindset, and then the last one is game day execution. And so we walk them down those four stages of individual player development. And, and a lot of the guys we have come in here, they're, they're good on competitive advantage and, and their practice and, and they play, they got some skills, they do some things well, then we have to focus more on strategy. Okay. Now, how do we use that against an opponent and, and creating a game plan and, and what do I really know about my opponent? What do they really know about me? And then, you know, again, the, the really what becomes the baseball side of it, the game planning side, and then, then showing up on game day and executing. And so, again, man, I know that's kind of a roundabout way, but when we dissect it from game day backwards, then when we start talking about a lot of times, and you and I have had this conversation many times, Jonathan, about mm -hmm. a lot of times with the, with the pro guys – that it's not a competitive advantage or a baseball skill issue. It's a strategy problem. They truly don't have a, a pitch to pitch uh, thought process or decision making process that that helps them decide what pitch they ought to throw. And so whenever we get to the point that we're competing against guys just as good or better than us, then the decision making process is going to decide truly you know how consistent we are and 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 how well we pitch it's not going to be a skill set it's not going to be a capability thing it's going to be more based on you know how we're actually strategizing against the other team and and do i have a real plan that that i can execute that you know that is will play on game day and i think that conversation right there is the basis for what Jeff and I do. That's the foundation of what we try to get guys to understand that, that once you got the skill set and, and, you know, there's so many great coaches out there and I love high school coaches. I think they do a good job in a tough environment. And I think most of them want the best for their players. And most of them are selfless and, and do a lot of great work with these guys. And we're starting to see that in a lot of the summer ball teams too. We're starting to see coaches that are really trying to get in there and do the right thing and i think as long as we're all working together and seeing that and we're assessing kids from game day backwards then i think the game will get better because i think what you're also seeing now is you're seeing the feedback from the pro and even the college level that coaches are starting to worry about the actual the way these kids play the game it's not their athleticism or talent it's really questioning the baseball mindset and, and how they show up on game day and play. And so as long as that's an issue, then there's enough work for everybody to, to jump in here and really help these kids. But the truth is, is as long as we make it player driven and, and really about the respect in the game, man, I think we can all add value to these kids. And in turn, I think we can keep the game of baseball alive and well. No, absolutely. And I, I, 
you know, I can't really add much to that other than I know, I know how hard it is for the player whenever they're pulled in so many different directions, wondering what they need to do to get better. And so Jeff, I, I want to press on with you a little bit. You talked about clarity and understanding. Uh, first, can you go, can you kind of, you know, just lean into that a little bit and then let's go ahead and jump right into the four stages uh, of player development. If you, if you don't mind again, what, what does clarity and understanding mean? And then if you could define the four stages, let's go ahead and hit on those a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, the clarity and understanding, dude. So, Jonathan, we, we, we talk about trusting the process here. And our process here is the clarity, understanding, uh, mastery, strategy, and game day execution. So, the clarity piece, you know, as we mentioned earlier, there's so many information that kids are getting from every angle. And, and that's awesome. You know, the, the kids are kids no more than, they, than they've ever known. But the problem is, is there's not, they don't have a clear understanding of how they take that and use it in a real baseball game. So the clarity, what we're trying to do is break down, make sure that we understand, you know, like let, let's say I want to hit an outside pitch. How, what, we got to have a conversation about, you know, how do I do it? What am I trying to do? What, when would I do that? You know, so what happened, we're asking those questions of the who, what, where, when, why type of thing. And really the, the understanding more the how to part, but though the, the, what, the, who, the, where, and the when, all those just asking questions, make sure guys really understand what they are trying to do when they're in that batter box or when they're on that mound. And then we, the understanding part is really the, the how-to part, like the step-by-step, step, literally the process. So step one, you do it, step two, step three, step four. And that's how guys, when guys can get to that level of understanding, then you start to see a light bulb moment of really things coming together of what information that they need to use and what information they need to filter. And then, so now that we have that, now we can have mastery because unless I understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, I don't know how to master it because I don't know the physical process of what I need to do. So once we have that, we got our clarity and our understanding, we have mastery, then we go to strategy. And you can't have, you can't have mastery unless you have clarity and understanding. And then you can't have strategy until you have mastery and clarity and understanding. So once we're able to do all that now, what Daryl and I are trying to get guys to do is get to strategy because game day is all about the opponent. It's all about them. It's not about training. It's all about you. And game day is all about the opponent and what you know about them and what you need to do about them. And if you start doing stuff that you're sitting there in a game wondering about what you need to be doing, then you're already lost. So, that's, that's what we talk about. When we talk about the process is that clarity and understanding of the specific skill that we're trying to do that can help us, that gives us a strategic advantage on game day. So that, does that part make sense? The, the clarity and understanding, oh, giving that. us strategy, you know, and then the four levels, like Daryl was mentioning, is going to be that competitive advantage. And, and that's the training piece. That's the part that a, a ton of, I mean, look, the training in baseball right now is, is in a really good spot. A lot of people are doing some really awesome stuff. And 
So we're good with training, but at some point we have to get to master. So we have to take our training and we have to get into developing our own personal baseball skills. So being able to, what, what, again, like I mentioned earlier, that mastery piece is what's going to allow us to develop the game plan that we need to be able to play on game day. So strategy comes with what we've mastered. So, so again, that, that competitive advantage and that, that unique hitting pitching skill that we talk about, that's the U piece. Again, and then we jump down to strategy, and that's the the opponent piece. That's the game planning piece. That's the the really reading and studying hitters and reading and studying pitchers. That's the piece that now we're taking what what I know about myself, what I know about that pitcher, what I know about that team, what that team philosophy is, and then what that individual pitcher knows we're doing. Now I have a game plan against him individually based on what I can do what he can do, and now I'm ready to, to go execute on game day. Now, in game day, game day is all about showing up and being able to make adjustments on the fly. So it's like watching baseball and understanding the, the nuances of the game, the, the habits and the, the tendency of the, the pitcher or the hitter. And, and making and really using real-time information to – make my adjustment so so that's our that's our four levels and, and again like like daryl mentioned earlier for us it's all about game day man so game day that's where what that's where we're we're kind of carving out our own niche here man is it, that yeah the training piece is awesome people are doing awesome stuff the unique pitching skills hitting skills a lot of a lot of coaches are working on that piece but man when it gets to game day it's about having strategy and we're, we're seeing that with with our guys here that <clears throat> a lot of times when we struggle in games it's not it's not a, a physical capability issue it's, it's, a, it's a strategy issue and so that can manifest itself into you know a mechanical issue and stuff like that so so that's what that's what we're talking about man when we go with the four levels the competitive advantage is the training piece. There's a lot of people in that boat. Then the unique hitting pitching skill, taking what they have mastered or what they've been working on and developing personal skill that they can use in a real game. And then taking that and now we have strategy against our, our opponent. And our game our game day showing up and executing and making confident adjustments and really reading and studying the hitter and pitcher to uh, to, 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 to win, man. That's where the, that's where that chess map comes in. And that's when, that's when baseball becomes fun. No, that's really, really good. And, and, uh, Daryl, I'm going to kick it back to you just for a second, since you started the, the four stages discussion. And so right. uh, ju- just to outline it one more time, the four different stages, and then let's go through just kind of one bullet point or two bullet points per each. And then maybe we'll, right. we'll press in on, on them a little bit and, and kind of see how you guys are teaching those things. Absolutely. So the, the biggest piece of that is the, like the way we lay out the assessments. 
And again, man, in the world now, there's so many different type of assessments. So we want players to, to really understand there's like four compartments to their individual development plan. So the first one is their competitive advantage. And, and what we tell guys all the time, man, you, your athleticism, your velocity, your mechanics, your, your exit velocity is, is a competitive advantage until it's not. So until you start competing, you know, as long as you're competing against guys that ain't as good as you, then it's a competitive advantage. When you start competing against guys that are just as good or better than you or throw just as hard as you or, or have the exit velocity like you, then it's not an advantage. So what we try to let these guys see is in that competitive advantage compartment, it's more about their measurables. And, and are they important? Absolutely. I mean, we're not trying to discount the measurables or the training or all the stuff that goes into creating those. But at the same time, we want them to, to understand the difference between training and then their unique baseball skills. And when we go to the second compartment, that is more of baseball skills. So when we talk about mastery, I'm not talking about perfection. We're talking about what they trust and what they're actually going to try to do in a real baseball game. So if I'm going to throw my fastball in a real baseball game, then that's what I'm developing. If I'm going to throw this slider, curveball, change up, et cetera. So what we really want them to understand is that now that you've got the physical capability, now we got to develop those individual baseball skills. And I think that's where you see the, the different not just training philosophies, but we see so much in different developmental philosophies. That's where a lot of the conversations happen when the guys come through the doors here with their parents. It's really over whether they should use this training program and, and you know ones out there, whether we should lift weights, should we use weighted balls, should we do all this? And, and it's really more driven around training then it is really a specific baseball skill. And, and so when we look at it from that perspective, hopefully we can break down and give these guys a little bit of an idea of what's the difference. And so that's why we separate them from competitive advantage to honestly baseball skills. And then how do we practice until mastery? And then the third one really is the strategic advantage. We look for, and, and Jeff and I talk about this all the time, if I had to pick one, one scouting report uh, assessment that I would use, I call it strategic advantage mindset. I want to see guys that honestly understand that my training and my baseball skills are important as a baseball player. But what I really want to see is do they understand how they use those skills against an opponent? Do they understand the reality of game day? Do they understand that that practice is about me, but game day is about my opponent? Because when we truly see confidence issues with elite level athletes, it, it, it's usually lost in translation right there. We know they got the skills. We know they got the measurables. We see them, you know, perform in practice or, or even against lower level competition. But when we see them start leveling up against guys that are preparing for them, for teams that are preparing for them, that actually have a game plan against them, how they respond to that is usually the differentiator for the, the better players, to be totally honest with you. And so if we're going to have a real conversation about what it's going to take to be successful at the next level or, or how they're going to continue to compete week in and, 
and week out, then they have to understand that, you know what? Yeah, I got a mastered skill set that's pretty good. I can throw two or three pitches, but if I don't understand how to go strategically use those in a real baseball game, then I don't, you know, we're not going to have consistent success against really good teams and really good players. And then the last piece is, okay, now that we understand that concept, it's truly how do we go execute on game day? So, you know, we go through their pregame routine, their pre-pitch routine. We go through, like, literally, like, their thought process for pitchers when they're standing on the mound looking in the catcher. You know, what, what, is, part, what is their literal decision-making process on how they choose what pitch they throw? Because when you start playing against guys that are just as good and better than you, if you become predictable or you do the same thing in every situation and count, then it's not going to take long for them to really start tracking it and really start identifying and having a pretty good approach against you as a hitter. And so some of it seems like common sense. And I think a lot of times uh, parents and, and even some coaches, man, we're guilty of thinking that the strategic mindset just is a natural byproduct of being a talented baseball player or having some physical skills or physical ability. But the reality of it is, man, that might be the biggest myth out there. Because I think there's a lot of great athletes and there's some really good, really good baseball skilled players that don't have a strategy and they struggle against higher level competition. And again, as Jeff talked about earlier, it starts to manifest itself in different symptoms. And so we go try to attack it at the competitive advantage compartment or level or even the skill set level when the truth was it's not really a, a physical capability issue. It's more of a strategy issue or more that they've been exposed opponent found a weakness and and now we're going to attack it or they're attacking it and and if we can't help them kind of understand what that weakness is and then go try to specifically kind of find the fix for it then we're just going to continue to become a victim of that and and that's really what Jeff and I do is we don't try to go and and teach the baseline baseball skills we really focus on finding that that strategic uh, advantage that the opponent currently has on that player and then trying to make sure that we identify that specific weakness or that specific, you know, uh, uh, problem. And then we can go back through and create a training program. We can go back and do the drill work and do the different things that will help them, you know, feel more comfortable in that situation and count. And the reality of it is, and you know this, man, that, that's baseball. Baseball is played pitch by pitch, situation and count by situation and count. And how we handle each one of those situation and counts is, is the reality of what kind of game day success we have. And, and again, man, that might seem a little deep, but that's the reality of what we do here at Athletic Mission. And, and that's the cool thing about it, man. We have real conversations with these young athletes and, and what we're seeing that is when we're patient enough to really break the game down for them like that that they're getting it, that the majority of these kids are seeing it. They've never quite heard it put that way before. And, and we do a lot more dissecting here than we do of adding new information to them. But what it does is really helps them put stuff in context. And once we give athletes the information they need to put it in context, I don't think it's a work ethic issue. I think right now in the baseball world, we, gotta, we don't have an overthinking problem. We have we're thinking the wrong thing problem. And so we encourage players to think, but we want them to organize them thoughts 
that drive the actions that they take that ends up showing up as a baseball skill that lets them go play on game day. And and then that's kind of our philosophy here, man. And I think it's starting to, to take hold, man. We've been at this for about six or seven months together and implementing some of this new stuff that we've been working on for years. And I think we're starting to see these kids start to grasp it. Hopefully we have a baseball season that they can go out and test it on. No, I love that. And, and again, it you're, you're again taking the game and then teaching what holes that they need to fill based on their unique skills and so jeff i know that you mentioned the unique skills assessment and i i'm really curious to hear you explain exactly what that is because daryl i know that you have one for pitching as well but jeff i want to start with you Where, which level does that fall in for you and then kind of just walk us through what that what what a unique hitting skills checklist is and why that's important our assessment is the unique uh we have the unique hitting skills or i'm sorry the unique uh hitting skill checklist and what we're trying to do with that checklist is figure out where guys where they where the player think they are at and again where they think they're at matters and and whether whether you know we can help them guide guide them through the process and figuring out where they think they're at. But a lot of times we, they know these guys know if you let them, they know where they're at. And, and so our checklist really is just about what, what can guide, what, what did they felt like they've mastered? Like what can they do on purpose in a real game? And so my checklist goes through simply, you know, we're, we're talking about, Hey, how do you feel about your mechanic? Where do you think you are with your mechanic? And have you felt like you've mastered it? And then it goes down into your approach. Where do you think, like, what is your thought process? That's the decision-making process. What is your decision-making process when you're in that batter box? How do you feel about your approach? Do you even have one? A lot of them don't really have one. or It's very generic. So that right there is a, a big piece of what we teach, me and Daryl, is that decision-making process. And for us as hitters, that's our approach. And then we talk about, you know, how do you deal with, like, specific skills? Like, so being able to hit the ball to the opposite side of the field. How do you feel you are with that? Where are you at? Hitting the ball to the pool side. How, do you, how are you with adjusting to off speed? You know, your adjustment to breaking balls. Um, where are you with play discipline? You know, how how – how aware of you are are you of your hot zone? How aware of you of uh, the strike zone? How aware are you of the umpire zone? The plate awareness, and then we, and then of course we got the the poise, mental toughness. You know, where do you think you are in terms of your ability to to to, to, to stay in the moment and do your thing and do your job and execute? And then power. We're talking about power. Uh, contact consistency. So those those are going to be the unique skills that we tend to really focus on and getting guys to master that process during so that so that we can come up with strategy. If we can, if, then that that's the part. That's the preceding part, and that's what we focus on is those unique skills right there. And then you have your your preseason strength conditioning program. You have your your hitting program, and then you have your pre pitch routine, your pre game routine, and your post game routine. So all of that is important 
if if we want to be a good baseball player in a real baseball game against an opponent that's just as good, if not better than us. So, but but now what we were able to do with these guys is get them to understand their own process for each of these. So, like, how do we do X, Y, Z? How do we do? How do we? What adjustments do we make? And I think. I think guys are really when when they can have a conversation that deep, then we can really get to like the root cause that Daryl was talking about. You know, a lot of times the conversation is like three or four or five or six layers deep. And when we can have that, when when players can get to that understanding, now we now we're getting to that clarity and understanding that we were talking about. That clarity, that understanding. <laughs> on how I can improve my unique skills so that I can come up with strategy and, and be able to play on, on game day. Awesome, Daryl. I'd love to be, or awesome, Jeff. Daryl, I'd love to kick it over to you as far as from the pitching side. Do you have anything to add uh, in regards to the, the skills checklist? You know what? It's really based on this, what you see. When we want to have that initial skills check, we're checking their pitches. I want to know if they truly have pitch command or is it just they throw it hard. You know, I want to know if they if they can throw their pitches in and in the zone, in and out of the zone, out to end the zone. And and when we talk about pitch command and pitch mastery, it's more about the pre-pitch decision. It's really the pre-pitch routine. And and we were doing a, a conversation the other day with some people. And, and if in that total, man, if you held a gun to my head and said, hey, you can only teach one thing. And what would it be? And I told him it would be the pre-pitch routine because I believe 90% of baseball happens inside that pre-pitch routine for hitters and pitchers. And, and the truth is every position player should have a pre-pitch routine. And it's more than just the ritual. It's more than just kind of what I physically do. It is the, the thought process. It is the, the decisions that what we, what we frame as what we call it strategic anticipation. That's what I'm looking for for guys. I want to know if you want to talk about competitiveness to me, competitiveness to me is when you have a mastered skill set and you got a strategy. When you got a mastered skill set and you got a strategy, then you can start really making strategic uh, uh, decisions. You can start thinking through the game and play the game, and, and it kind of sets your athleticism and your skills free. And so, man, I want guys to get excited about strategy, about how we show up on game day. And so that's where, as, as Jeff talked about, we drive the conversation either to game day or from game day backwards. Because once they understand that all the work that they're doing and, and so the, the grind that they go through in the offseason and, and it seems like the preseason lasts forever before they get a chance to play a game that that work has got to it's got to translate into game day success it's got to translate into how i prepare for an opponent and how i go out and play and and what we're finding is that the mental side of the game the strategic side of the game and the physical side of the game all kind of intersect and when the guys grasp that then they're not afraid of any any one of those three aspects of the game then we see more complete players. We see guys make faster adjustments and we see guys not get caught up in this compare and convince mindset. They're really more about this compete and contribute mindset, which at the end of the day, man, is what coaches love about it. 
And so when coaches see the kids that show up and, and they got a good attitude, they know who they are as a player, and, and it's really about just competing and, and contributing to the team, then you know that, that that kid really does have a strategic advantage mindset, and, and he's going to compete and have a lot of fun playing the game, man. So when we're driving those investments, that's really what we're looking for. It's easy to, to really assess the measurables today, man. There's a lot of like Jeff said, there's a lot of good trainers out there. There's a lot of good scouting programs out there that can give you the measurables, but there's still this this hole in the game that that we take these measurables and turn them into skills that turn into game day success. And again, man, we teach these kids that baseball's hard. That you know what? I think sometimes we we downplay that as coaches, or we miss that as coaches, or we forget how hard the game really was to play when we were playing. And and these kids are such great athletes today that the expectations we have for them to take that talent and turn it into baseball game day success, man, it, it seems to be, you know, a lot of the pressure points that we're hearing and getting feedback from the kids. And so we're trying to ease that a little bit, but at the same time, push them to go out there and excel and play and, and play at a high level and, and continue to, to want to understand how they get better and what they see. And, and when they kind of have that mindset shift and they really can shift from, you know, that from the practice mindset to the game day mindset and, and understand that practice was about me and me developing and continuing to, to get better and improve my skills. But game day is about me showing up and competing against the opponent. It's almost like we give them permission just to go play the game. And, and I think that's how it used to be, Jeff. And, and Jonathan, if you want to know the truth, man, I think we'd practice hard and coaches would push us. But when game started, man, it was almost like they just gave us permission to go play. And, and I think that's the piece that, that we're trying to encourage coaches and players to kind of get back to and embrace that no that's really good so let's go ahead and double down on the pre-pitch routine and i know that both of you have some some great things to say about that and the importance of it but daryl i know you're a pitching guy so from the pitching side walk us through how you would teach a pre-pitch routine and then how to i don't want to say sell the player on it but make sure that they understand the importance of it Oh, absolutely. And I think I think this is the key piece is when we start breaking down pre-pitch routine, it truly is, as we talked about earlier, the decision making process. And and we do have and and again, Jeff and I talked about this the other day for about an hour that there's a there is a there's an issue in the pitching world man. whether who should be calling the game. You know, what I mean, and I've always took a collaborative approach. I want the coaches and the catcher and the pitcher to collaborate, but, but being a pitcher and and understanding pitchers and, and, and again, I know Jonathan, some of these guys don't want to call their own game. And does that absolutely rip my heart out? It does because what it usually tells me is they're either afraid of the coach and how people are going to react to what happens, or they're afraid of the outcome. So instead of being upset about it, to be honest with you, it's, it's more about why do they feel that way? You know, because most of the time it's not a capability issue, man. If they're out there trying to call pitches or throw pitches that they don't have mastered or they don't trust, then that's a problem in itself. But from a confidence perspective, perspective, when we're standing on the rubber, if I want that pitcher to have absolute conviction about that pitch they're throwing, 
I don't want that pitcher to be questioning whether they really want to throw that pitch, whether I could throw that pitch or, you know, or being kind of this, uh, this mental emotional tug of war with whoever's calling the game that day. And so that that's kind of the peacemaker role that we try to play here because we've got it. We got some guys and some coaches that the kids can call the game or they can shake it off if they think they see something. And then we got some of them, man, if you shake that coach off, you're not pitching. And 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 I don't think coaches really understand the impact that that has on a kid's confidence. And so a lot of times when we talk about how we get our confidence back as pitchers, I start with the pre-pitch routine. And again, as I told you earlier, I do believe that 90% of baseball happens pre-pitch, whether you're a hitter, fielder, or a pitcher. And so when we see the game from a strategic advantage mindset, then it's not about what is the best pitch that 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 coach might think I'm going to throw. It truly is about what is the absolute best pitch for me to throw in this situation and count. And that can only come from a from a pitcher that understands what pitches he has mastered. And so when we talk about pre-pitch routine, I'm talking about what we literally are focused on. So we talk about controlling our breathing. So not just from a physical aspect, but truly from that that ability, the brain won't lie to the body. So when we see your body language, when we see you out there hyperventilating, then I know that pitcher's having some indecision problems, if you want to know the truth. And so when we see that, that, that is what drives everything that that kid thinks and feels up to that point. Then I think coaches and and instructors and and players and parents, we can see how critical the pre-pitch routine is. So when we literally create it, we start with what they focus on, the 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 control breathing, the situation account, and the catcher. So when we try to get that tunnel vision, when you stand on the rubber and and now it's time to make the decision about what pitch I'm going to throw, we really do focus on them three. Then the next piece is see it. Now that you've agreed that what pitch you're going to throw with that catcher, can you see that pitch in your mind literally? And, and again, man, the brain loves images, patterns, and experiences. I don't want that pitcher deciding and trying to throw a pitch that he that his brain don't believe he, he can execute. And so we try to sync that piece together right there. We want them to see that pitch in their mind. The third piece is literally feel that pitch in their fingertips. Because a lot of times when guys are nervous or freaking out or tripping, man, they will not. They think they got the grip and they got the wrist and forearm angle set and everything they need to do to execute that pitch. And literally they don't. And so when we're practicing in here, everything we do, every time they're on a rubber, every time they're on the king of the hill, anytime they're touching anything that remotely looks like they're going to throw a pitch, we're working on that pre-pitch setup. That where are my feet? Where are my hands at? What kind of pitch am I throwing? Do I have everything set up? And that really is the feel part of the pre-pitch routine. And then the last piece is, is to execute it. Now we got it. We're focused. We see that pitch in our mind. I feel that pitch in my fingertips. Okay, now let's execute the pitch. And then we have two post-pitch keys that we really focus on. Once I throw that pitch, based on me being able to throw it to a certain by a certain velocity and movement pattern to a location, based on where that pitch is on the go, then my post-pitch reaction should be based. If it's put in play, where should I go? And that's PFPs. Every coach in America should be practicing it. Most of them are. I mean, we did it in, in spring training until we were blue in the face. And, and But at the end of the day, that, that's got to be almost uh, – 
automatic response. They throw the pitch, it's put in play, they go do whatever that post-pitch reaction would be. And then the last piece is what we call the 10-second game plan. It's 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 back to, okay, that decision-making process again. The ball's put back in play, I get the ball back from the catcher, I'm getting ready to crawl back up the back of that mound and stand on that rubber again, and, and it rinse and repeats. We start all over again. And, and so that literally is our pre-pitch routine. When we talk about what are we focused on, do I see that pitch, can I feel that pitch literally, and then execute the pitch and then play the game. And, and so when we break that down into those six components, it gives our guys a chance to really understand how all of their training, how all of those four components of their individual development plan, you know what happens, Jonathan? It all shows up in that pre-pitch routine. And so what happens is the game of baseball is played in that decision-making process. Then the confidence that we execute that pitch with is going to be a culmination of all of it put together. And so that's why, as we talked about earlier, man, that's why we started game day. That's why literally when we do assessments and we talk about it, the last thing that we talk about before we accept them as a client is, is the pre-pitch routine. That this is the basis of what we teach. This is the foundation of what's going to help you uh, have success as a baseball player. And at the end of the day, if it, it's not just the ritual. It's not just the idea that I got this six-step process that, that if I master this six-step process, I'm going to be a great baseball player. But the truth is, man, if they do master this six-step process and all the different things that goes into to really developing it, you know what happens more often than not? They become a pretty good baseball player, man. And so at the end of the day, that is our goal. And and that's kind of how I do the pitching pre-pitch routine process here with our guys. No, I, I love that. And, and thank you for really, you can tell how passionate you are about that and how much that means to you, which I really do Absolutely. appreciate. And Jeff, I'd love to hear your side of it. Uh, it tell us about a little bit about the pre-pitch routine because it's, it's a little different from the hitting side because... Now we're having to react to the pitcher. The pitcher kind of controls the pace and everything. And so tell us a little bit about how you're teaching the pregame routine from the hitting side. Yeah, for sure. You know, the uh, my, my whole practice is what we call the, the stick practice. And the stick, we got the first F, which is going to be see the ball. The second, the, the T is going to be timing. And then the, the K is going to be knowledge of the zone and then finally asses the swing so you know like like daryl mentioned you know the the decision making process what is the best pitch for me to sit on in this situation account based on what i know about them and what i can do myself so if, if i'm sitting there in the batter box this is the steel part this is the steel in my mind part if i'm sitting there thinking through the situation account i see where the defense lined up now i'm going through what is it? What pitch do I think I I need to sit on, to, and go all in on in this situation and in this count? But that, and then from there, you know, once I understand what I feel like is going to be the pitch that I want to fit, then we're telling our guys we got to think about the pitchers, the the pitch. We have to think about the blocking. We have to think about the movement. So every pitcher pitch moves differently. So your fastball is not the same as my fastball, and your curveball is not the same as my curveball. So we have to we have to have our guys understand that what what their what their pitch velocity movement to a location really is, and then getting ready for that. You know, because again, and then 
the, the good ones can do the in and in, in and out, out and in. And so we have to understand that based on the situation account, do we think it's going to be one of those, the, the in and in, in and out, out and in. So that part, it, it, that's like the decision-making process there. And then we have the steer that's going to be the steer that ball out of that hand. So when I tell myself I'm looking for a fastball, I got to understand what's, based on this picture, because every picture is different, what is the timing of when my eyes need to get to the ball, to the release window? And what did, what are the cues that I'm looking for? Because every pitch has a cue and clue and tip. So what you look for, you'll see. So we're telling our guys, hey, if you see a fastball, you're looking for downward angle explosive, and then you're going to see kind of a brownish, a brownish tint to the ball. So now, now I can be real specific about what I'm looking for and, and what the cues and clues are going to be. And then from there, I'm thinking the timing piece. So I've got to be on time twice. I've got to be on time to see that ball and I got to be on time getting that foot down. So when do I start my move, my, my forward, my forward move? You, 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 you talked about that and Doug and all those guys that on the show. Uh, when do I start my movement? And then when do I feed, when do I get my eyes to that release window? And, and there's going to be guys to tell you that we can't train that. And I'm here to tell you that we do it every day. Young guys, old guys, some guys get it better than others. Some guys still trying to figure out their process. Some guys are just, are there. Some guys can tell me every single thing that they see. So it can be trained and it can be it can be done and it needs to be a focus. If you're not focusing hard enough, then you're probably not going to end up seeing it. But if you understand the cues and clues of what you're looking for, then you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to start really training what you're what you're looking for. And then we have the the ball, okay, right? So where where in space does that ball need to be at for me to get my foot down, right? So a lot of a lot of hitters, and you know this, are, are late. They're just late all the time. And we try to get our guy to try to feel what early feels like. <laughs> you know, and a lot of times they're early, really kind of on time. And so the, really just judging the ball in space. But that takes our timing. Then we have our, our zone. So do you understand what pitches you drive the ball well? Is it low? Is it up? Is it in? Is it out? You know, what pitch don't you hit well? It's important to understand that, especially when we talk about executing certain situations. If if I, if, if for, you know, let's say I'm in a, like right now, I am not very good with the outside pitch, and that's okay. That's something I'm working on, but I don't trust it in a real game. Then maybe I might get myself up, up on a plate, and that way I can move my middle out. But that that part of the process of getting the zone to be where you want it to be. Also understanding what is the strike zone and then what is that umpire strike zone. So that's going to be the zone part. Being disciplined. Can I see that ball? Can I be on time? And then can I get me a good pitch? And a lot of times when those things come together, then the swing comes together uh, pretty nicely. Now, that the swing, what you teach in the swing is what you teach in the swing. I I have a certain way that I like to teach the swing, but again, if I can see the ball and I'm on time and I get a good pit to hit, I'm, I'm my chances of hitting are going to be pretty good. And so 
I know a lot of kids get a lot of information from a lot of different people on what their swing does. And, and I'm okay with it as long as they understand what that means in terms of their decision-making process and where they need to do what they need to do to be able to execute in situation accounts. So that, that's the stick process. And then we have that post pitch. Now, I always like to have you guys ask themselves three questions. Did I see the ball? Was I on time? And then did I get a good bit to hit? Now I'm really placing focus on this stick process, being the ball, being on time, and, and getting a good bit to hit. So now, now when we start talking about, you know, playing the game one pitch at a time and thinking the right type of thinking that Daryl talked about, the right type of thinking is this process right here, though, so that I'm not thinking about me and thinking about you and what I need to do to own you. Man, I love that. And you guys are getting me fired up and, and ready for the season, whatever the season looks like. And, and you know, we're all hoping and praying that, that everyone gets to enjoy a full season wherever they're at. But I think that's a an awesome, awesome place to end it. And, and I do, I want to really push your podcast that you're going into because I think if if any of our listeners are uh are having you know just any any internal dialogues on what they are uh trying to do in regards to a lot of these things your podcast really goes super in depth with a lot of these things it's 20 to 20 to 30 minutes or or less and, and unless daryl gets talking just kidding daryl but uh, you go into why players struggle. You go into what your strategic process looks like, breaking down hitting and pitching strategy, unique hitting and pitching skills, game day execution. I'm just reading a couple of these off because, again, I look forward to them every week, and, and we may have, have scratched the surface on several of these today, uh, but I do want want to send that in at strategicbaseballpodcast.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But I do encourage the listeners, if you're interested in, in some of the things that we talked about today, to go check those out and to reach out to you guys, because not only do I uh, value your friendship, I value uh, getting to learn from you guys really on a weekly, a daily basis. And so, Jeff, uh, I'd love to start with you. And then, Daryl, you can just kind of piggyback on, on anything that, that Jeff says. But I'm going to mute myself and let you guys roll. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? One of the things that... When I met Daryl like six or seven years ago, uh, the thing that he taught me that really was game changer in how I taught and what I was teaching, and then even when I reflected on my own career, is game day is about the opponent, and and I think I I love that 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 awareness there, and I think a lot of people would if they could grasp that concept there, I think they would have a, a huge realization about. You know what needs to happen on game day, and because we're we're hearing a lot of guys talking about a lot of different things on game day that they shouldn't be talking about, and so once we can understand that process of the game is about the opponent and that that team and that coach, then um, man, the the the. The, the players really get it. And you know what? The players want to have this conversation. They don't know it, but they do. Once you start talking about it and you start talking a little bit deeper and start getting deeper, because at the end of the day, everybody wants to play on game day. Game day is why they do what they do. So that's the biggest thing I want to put that I love that part of it is game day is about the opponent. And if you can kind of get get into that that mentality, uh, baseball becomes a lot, a lot of fun.
Yeah, and just to piggyback off of that, Jonathan, you know and I know that baseball's in a good place. I, I'm not one of these guys that, that thinks the sky is falling, but I know one thing, that the information that, that players have now is is more than they've ever been able to take in or grasp before, but with that is is an opportunity and there's a lot of confusion that goes with it and so what we're seeing now man is i think some great voices you do a great job i think there's a lot of great baseball voices out there now that are starting to help bring it back to the middle almost bring it back to where we understand training is important we understand measurables are important but we also understand that hey man we got to be able to take those skills and go show up on game day and and compete against the opponent and that the competition piece of it is the most important part and so man it's fun it's it's great to be working with high school kids again and getting down here and getting a chance to hang out in Tulsa hopefully like you said earlier we get through this this insanity and we pray that everybody's safe and healthy out there but at the same time I, I believe baseball's in a good place I think we all need to communicate better I think that's probably the biggest takeaway I hope coaches and players and parents take away from this conversation today that the better that we communicate with each other the the smarter we all seem to get so with that man we're grateful that you had us on man we appreciate your friendship and man I appreciate you personally for, for jumping in for me for a couple weeks why i got some uh again some some of the old plumbing fixed and and we'll keep cranking and and keep having fun man thank you for listening to ahead of the curve you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform which can include apple podcasts google spotify stitcher or youtube and if you're enjoying the podcast please share it on social media to help get the word out Once again, thank you for joining us.